0: This is the California report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. California has a long way to go to beat the coronavirus pandemic, but some positive trends are emerging. Governor Gavin Newsom says the state is averaging about 10,000 new coronavirus cases a day. That's down from 50,000 a day a month ago. And just about 5% of COVID tests are coming back positive. That, says Newsom, is an improvement from a 14% positivity rate in January. Everything that should be up is up. Everything that should be down is down as relates to counts, positivity rates, people being hospitalized, people in our ICUs. That is encouraging news indeed. Almost 4.7 million Californians have received a first dose of the vaccine, according to the governor. Newsom also acknowledges that's slower than the state would like, but says he's talking to the federal government about getting more supplies faster. And plenty of states like West Virginia and Maine have vaccinated a higher percentage of their populations. Meanwhile, California’s newest coronavirus testing lab run by Perkin Elmer, remains far short of its goal for processing COVID tests. Cap radio Scott Rod has that story.
2: The lab in Valencia was hailed as a game changer when it opened in November with the goal of turning around 150,000 tests per day by March. The lab is processing roughly that number of tests, but weekly, not daily. Rick Greenwood is an adjunct professor of public health at UCLA. Trying to get specimen flow into a laboratory can be difficult. The commercial labs, which are testing way more, have set up logistics for years. Commercial labs are processing more than 10 times the number of tests handled by the Valencia Lab. The California Department of Public Health declined an interview request. In an emailed statement, the department said it's on track to continue expanding testing capacity statewide, but did not specify the exact targets it's on track to achieve. Experts and the state agree that vaccine distribution will likely impact the demand for testing over time. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rodd in Sacramento.
0: Meanwhile, the CBS affiliate in Sacramento reports that internal documents at the lab detail contamination of test samples, swap samples, and inaccurate results sent to patients. Whistleblowers also report lab techs at the facility sleeping while processing COVID tests and COVID swabs left in bathrooms. In response, the state says it will send investigators to the Valencia lab. Meanwhile, here in LA, the superintendent of the Los Angeles Unified School District is floating a proposal to reopen elementary school camps. Campuses under some conditions. KPCC's Caroline Champlin has more.
3: First of all, Superintendent Austin Buehner says the coronavirus case rate in L.A. County needs to drop below the state's threshold to legally reopen schools, which public health officials have predicted could happen this month. But that's not enough, Buehner said in his weekly address. To reopen campuses to 250,000 kids in the youngest grades, he says 25,000 elementary school teachers and staff would need to be vaccinated.
4: You heard that right. Vaccinate 25,000 people and reopen elementary schools in the nation's second largest school district. Sounds simple to me.
3: At this point, L.A. County teachers are not yet eligible for vaccines. Buner's only criteria that has been met, he said, is district health protocols, like plastic partitions and new air filtration systems on campuses. For the California Report, I'm Caroline Champlin in Los Angeles.
0: A Los Angeles City Councilman, Joe Buscaino, says he wants the city to sue the LA Unified to force it to reopen for in-person classroom instruction. Let's turn to Sacramento. Another day, another hearing about the failings of the state's Employment Development Department, the state agency responsible for sending out unemployment benefits. As we hear from the California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin, state lawmakers say they're so busy fielding constituent complaints about EDD, the legislators hardly have time for anything
5: else. Our offices became the unofficial call centers for EDD. Central Valley State Senator Ana Caballero was among the lawmakers grilling unemployment officials yesterday. Also at the hearing, Silicon Valley Senator Dave Cortese, who wondered whether the state auditor's office needed to monitor EDD even more closely than it is already. The auditor issued two new reports in January alone. Is there any legal obstacle to, to having your shop Uh, be embedded either short-term or long-term in a state agency like EDD. State Auditor Elaine Howell stressed maintaining independence would be crucial to her office's obligations.
4: I would suggest that it would need to be in statute if the legislature wanted
3: us to be embedded in EDD, essentially.
5: Newly appointed EDD director Rita Sines says the agency is working on major upgrades to increase the efficiency of its call centers and eliminate other barriers holding up legitimate payments. But these changes are still months out.
1: Between May 2021 and October 2021, we will develop the tools and processes to collect first call resolution data. By June 2021, we will identify improvements in claims processing and in payments.
5: In the meantime, EDD is in the process of notifying more than 180,000 people whose claims expired late last year that they won't be eligible for benefits again until March. For The California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harvin.
0: As San Diego County continues to administer thousands of vaccines a day, some of those shots are going to Mexican citizens who cross the border frequently. KPBS reporter Max Rivlin-Nadler has more about why.
4: San Diego County is the workplace for people from both sides of the border. So when it comes to vaccinations, the county isn't worrying about citizenship. Wilma Wooten is San Diego's public health officer.
1: Individuals that live or work in San Diego County, and there are many individuals that live in Tijuana that cross over to work at many of our manufacturing plants, our food processing plants. And those individuals should be vaccinated because they're intermixing with our San Diegans. So, The virus doesn't know who's from Tijuana or who's from La Jolla or who's from North County uh, or East County.
4: Nancy Maldonado is the president of the Chicano Federation. She believes that like housing, vaccines are a shared resource for the region.
1: We have to tell the whole story and the whole relationship versus just focusing on, oh gosh, you know, Mexicans or Mexican citizens or, you know, residents are coming over to get the vaccine. The truth is that this is a binational like mega region, and it's one of the busiest land ports in the country. And it's a complicated relationship. And we depend on each other for a lot of things, including housing, including health care.
4: Maldonado points out that Tijuana has long been a place where Americans have come to
1: receive health care. The reality is that out for years, U.S. citizens have gone to, to Mexico, have gone to Tijuana for low-cost care, whether it's it's you know dentistry, plastic surgery, just for medical care in general, because they don't have health insurance, because they can't afford the cost of health care here in the U.S. And they have taxed Mexico's health care system for years.
4: Carlos gonzalez Gutierrez, the Consul General of Mexico in San Diego, thinks this policy helps many essential workers who live in San Diego without official documentation and makes the strong case that these essential workers should be given legal status. If you are an essential worker, you should not be undocumented. I think that COVID-19 has shown how much this uh, community, society as a whole, depends on foreign workers, a significant portion of whom are undocumented. Mexico has exhausted its current supply of the first dose of the vaccine, but is expecting more in the middle of the month. The Mexican consulate has already acted as a successful COVID-19 testing site in San Diego, and Consul General Gutierrez hopes that it will be chosen to be a vaccine distribution site in the coming weeks. For The California Report, I'm Max Revlin-Nadler in San Diego.
3: Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world.
2: I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California
0: A new state commission is recommending that California end mandatory minimum sentences for nonviolent crimes and allow judges to reconsider all criminal sentences after someone has spent 15 years in prison. KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos has more.
3: The commission, created by state law last year, is charged with examining California's criminal sentencing laws and recommending changes. Among their findings, that the state's legal system has racial inequality at its core, and that many laws are outdated, unsupported by data, and don't make the public more safe. Stanford Law School's Mike Romano is chair of the commission.
2: We really tried to do a complete survey of punishments in California from driving infractions, you know, all the way to life in prison.
3: He says the commission learned that California is spending $83,000 a year to lock up each prisoner, and that crime has stayed at historically low levels in recent years, even if the state has relaxed some criminal penalties. California, Romano says, has
2: an unbelievably bloated criminal legal system, and that there are a tremendous number of people who are serving punishments that are uh, unnecessary in terms of enhancing public safety, in fact, quite the opposite.
3: The group is made up of legal experts and two state lawmakers. There are 10 recommendations in its inaugural report, all of them focused on changes that could be made by the legislature without going to voters. Those recommendations include reducing fines and fees and eliminating jail time for some traffic offenses, making low-value thefts that don't involve weapons or serious injury misdemeanors, and giving judges more power to dismiss sentencing enhancements, which can't add years onto prison terms. They'll present the findings to the governor and lawmakers for consideration. For The California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos.
0: Republican businessman John Cox is taking another shot at running for California governor, and his first step is a new ad. KQED's Katie Orr reports.
3: Cox lost decisively to Governor Gavin Newsom in the 2018 general election, getting just 38 percent of the vote. In his new ad, Cox comes out hard against Newsom and a fellow Republican who's also running, former San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner.
1: San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner got the city to overpay for a high-rise riddled with asbestos. The deal enriched a big campaign donor. Gavin Newsom said stay home then dined with lobbyists at a restaurant where the wine tab was $12,000.
3: Cox, who's helping to fund a recall against Newsom, plans to run for governor whether or not the recall qualifies. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in
0: Sacramento. And finally, this morning, California is set to develop new rules aimed at making homes more resilient against wildfires. My California Report co-host Lily Jamali has more on this. Hey, Lily.
5: Hi, Saul. Well, State Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lara said his office is partnering with a group of state agencies to come up with home hardening standards statewide. The goal is to reduce wildfire risk, but also to try and make insurance more affordable as policy prices balloon and as more insurers drop coverage altogether in high-fire risk areas. Commissioner Lara likened rewarding homeowners who install fire-resistant building materials and landscaping to lowering car insurance rates for good drivers. But the largest insurance trade group in the country says quantifying the impact of hardening a home against fire is still a work in progress. Saul?
0: Thanks, Lily. That's the California Report's Lily Jamali. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, February 9th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.
5: Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash adaptingcare. Paint Care, now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone, everywhere.